Welcome home, friends. This is Pastor David, and you are listening to the Community Life Podcast. We pray this message is an encouragement to help build your faith and focus your life toward Jesus in His way. We also hope that this podcast is an open door of invitation for you to come and see what God is up to here at Community Life. So plan a visit. We'd love to meet you in person. Lastly, if this is your church home or you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so by visiting madeforcommunity.com forward slash give. Thanks for listening. Everyone's good. Uh, I'd like to open with a scripture real quick and then we will uh, and then we'll get into the message. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and also Romans chapter 12. It should be on the screen. It says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear, if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Interesting. If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts but only one body. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, and this is it. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. I'm gonna say that one more time, that last phrase. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other, amen? Amen. Good morning, everyone. So happy to be with you. Thank you for the birthday serenade, everyone. Uh, Obviously, today isn't about my birthday, but I'm certainly grateful um, for all the notes and all the little messages and for Sylvia Courtney to bake us cookies, uh, for birthday cookies, for Fika today. Fika is like that that time where we just take uh, a moment to reflect on the good things of life. But um, hey, just a couple things before we begin the message. Actually, just one thing. Next week is our final day for Heart for the House. And so if at some point you pledged some money to help remodel our lobby, which is happening, um, next week is when we're hoping you can bring it all in. You can do so by giving online or you can drop it in any of the offering boxes. Um, I know that for some of you, you're like, what's Heart for the House? Well, we just believe that God um, wants us to spend more time together. We believe that God wants us to know each other better and and grow in community and connection with one another. And so we are doing a full remodel of our lobby to accomplish just that, to be able to create a space for us to just be together after service. And I'm going to say this respectfully and just waste time together. Okay. There's nothing quite like wasting time that builds relationship and connection as we're moving in the same direction. So we're moving in the same direction. So next week is the day. Next Sunday, bring it in. Right now, we're just about at pledged amount, which is going to be awesome. The project is getting done. It's going to be amazing. But next week, I just ask you to be generous. Be generous as we all work together to help make this house a home. Amen? Amen. Well, speaking of a place to call home today, we are going to be digging deep into that idea as we continue on in this series 
called Let Me Explain. And if you've missed it, over the past couple weeks, we have been uh, in a, a, a teaching series to help us all understand why we as the church do what we do. And not just what we do, but the way we do it. Starting first, uh, week one, we talked about why we even go to church in the first place, why it's important to come to church. Week two was, Pastor Jeff, dynamite message on what? Thanks for remembering, okay? <laughs> why we read the Bible. And it was amazing. Last week, we talked about what? Anybody? Communion, why we take communion. And it, it really, our, I would say our hope, it's been helpful for you because it's been helpful for me especially considering the great chasm that exists between us and what we do in here and what happens outside of those doors. We talked about this before, but upwards of 95% of our community, of our city, of our friends and our family, of everyone that we encounter, 95% um, have not been regularly connected to a church community. In Los Angeles County, that makes 9.5 million people who do not know what we do in here. So we need to be ready to explain why why we do what we do. All right, so as we move into week four today, um, as I mentioned a moment ago, we're gonna be talking about what it takes to make a house a home and why it's essential for us as the church to be a people that choose a place to belong. Choose a place to belong and a place to become. So let me explain week four, church membership. Thrilling, right? Who's excited to hear about church membership? And everyone's hand goes up in the air. But hang in there, because believe it or not, in a world of constant upgrades, always searching for the next thing to satisfy, a world of loyalty, flippancy, God actually has a lot to say about commitment and membership and why it's important for his people to have a place to belong. So let me explain church membership and why we do what we do the way we do. Everybody ready? Cool. Well, as we were uh, getting started today, just to prime our hearts and minds, quick question. Um, has anyone ever walked into a room or a moment or a situation and felt totally out of place? Some of you are thinking that right now. Pastor's talking about church membership. What is happening today? Oh, man. But for real, have you ever experienced something like this? I know I, know I have. Where you show up and you look around and immediately feel like you're an outsider where you immediately feel this awkward sense of insecurity and you don't feel like you belong. Happens to me all the time, but, but there are two scenarios that really stand out. I'm gonna to try to make these quick. So when Rebecca and I first got married, um, we were living in this amazing neighborhood in, Northeast, in Minneapolis called Northeast Minneapolis. It was multicultural, super progressive, big thinkers, awesome art, it was amazing. And for me in that moment coming out of peak bachelorhood, if anyone remembers what that's like, where grocery shopping for me at the time consisted of picking up frozen pizzas at Target and then stopping at Taco Bell on the way home because I didn't want the, to wait for the oven to preheat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was me and I was coming out of it and I was fresh married and I wanted to step into a more grown up practice of acquiring food um, from an actual grocery store. And so there was this market just down the street, but it wasn't just a typical grocery store. It was something called a co-op. It was a food co-op. And if you don't know what that is, let me, let me explain quick. It was essentially a small grocery store that's not owned by a large corporation, but instead it was a nonprofit that was owned by its shoppers. It was owned by members of the community that, that shopped there, pretty awesome. And, and, it, and I was thinking, man, these folks, if they, if they wanna partner in owning a grocery store, they gotta know a lot about groceries. And so after work one day, I made my way over to the co-op and I parked 
my beloved 1996 Toyota Camry, champagne gold, oh, if I, could, if I could go back and buy a brand new 1996 Toyota Camry, forget about it. Anyway, so we, we, I get the car parked and I walk in with this feigned sense of confidence having really no idea what to expect. Um, but I make it through the sliding glass doors and I looked around and it was unlike any market I'd ever seen. It was very utilitarian. It was just like lines and lines of shelves, but there were no signs above the shelves to tell you what to look for. Um, there were, you know, like if I wanted to find cereal or soup, there was no sign for cereal or, cereal or soup. In fact, there was no cereal or soup in boxes or cans on these shelves either. Instead, it was just these buckets with like cups and bags and you print out a label. Has anyone been to a co-op? It was very disarming. It, dis, uh, it was weird for me. And, and for regulars, I think it would make total sense. But for me, as a relatively, even as a relatively intuitive person, I felt totally lost. And that's not the worst part, actually. The worst part came uh, when it was abundantly clear when I was checking out that I just didn't belong. Because when I was checking out groceries, the cashier on the other side of the register asked for my membership. And I didn't have a membership. And so I felt like, what do, I, what do I do now? And they said, well, you can become a member. And I said, well, I'm already feeling out of place, so I'm good. And I just, I didn't belong there. Nor did I want to belong there after that experience. It just wasn't for me, and that was, that was okay. Now from there, um, second moment to really drive this home was when I, when I, all that Taco Bell and all that frozen pizza finally caught up to me. And I decided to become a member at a local gym. I know, I know it's hard to believe that I would need to get a gym membership, everyone, but it's true. And, uh, and so I made over my way over to this like big box gym and um, I had my locker in place. I had, I had, I, uh, I had my like my sh new, new shoes, new clothes. I had the water bottle and everything. I was ready to go. And, um, and so I walk in my first day and I, I just trying to, again, kind of borrowing confidence from someone else as I walked in and I, and I just felt like I had no idea what to do. And so I put my bag down and I'm like, oh, treadmills, I've seen a treadmill before. And so I run over to the treadmill and there, all I see were these like ripped tone 20 something singles just running at 20 miles an hour. Do you know what I'm talking about, Norm? You know what I'm talking about, Norm. And I was sitting there thinking like, not this time. And they look over me and they say, hey, do you need a, do you want a treadmill? And I was like, uh, I think I'll start with the weights. And so I go over to like the weights and the, the weight area, the, like the, the weights, it looked like this monstrous machine with cables and plates and bars. And, and so I walk over there and someone says, hey, do you, do you need some, some help? And I was like, you know, I, I think I'm just, I think I'm just gonna take a, a walk around. I'm just going to make my way around. And, and even if I did figure out how to use that machine, I was so much weaker than everyone else in the entire gym. So I quietly picked up my bag and, uh, and I took off rarely to return again, okay? And the reality is I was a member there, but I didn't belong there because, not because I wasn't welcome. They were, they welcomed me, but because I just didn't put in the time. I wasn't committed, so I never really connected. I didn't feel like I belonged and so I was never able to become who I wanted to become. Now what am I getting at? Big picture of what I want you to understand today is that it's easy to feel out of place. It's so easy to feel out of place and sometimes that feeling is situational like me walking through a new grocery store having no idea what to do. Sometimes it's situational, sometimes it's, sometimes it's uh, self-induced. Like me at the gym 
or you never really give yourself to it. I wanted to belong, but I didn't want to commit to it. Either way, it's easy to feel out of place. And we know it because we've all lived it. We know it's easy to feel out of place from, from family to friends to hobbies to work to visiting new countries to even going to church sometimes. It's easy to feel like you're on the outside. Still, even with all the potentially awkward and disappointing moments we've experienced, I need you to understand that wired into each and every one of us is a longing. A longing to find a people to call family and a place to call home. It's true, it's, it's in us. In fact, there have been a number of recent studies where scientists have found woven into the deepest part of our humanity, this is literally in our DNA, um, a fundamental basic human need to belong, for connection. Right alongside food and water and shelter, we find this need to belong. The social sciences of anthropology, sociology, and psychology, they call this need belongingness. Belongingness. And it's described as, uh, as a person's inherent desire to belong and be important part of something greater than themselves. This implies a relationship that is greater than simple acquaintance. Belongingness is in us. It's in you and it's in me. It's there written into the very building blocks of life. And this matters. Why? Let me explain. It matters because God put that there. God put that in you. God made us, made you to be a part of something more than just being an individual. God made us to be better together. And that's what we heard in our scripture from Romans chapter 12, that just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. We were created to be together. Scripture says we were baptized to share one spirit and we were saved for loyal de devotion and dedication. We were made for membership, to be members of Christ's body, the church, which is why, which is why we're, what we're covering today is so vital, church membership, because the church, more than any other place, more than any other place is meant to be the perfect representation to the world for what belonging is and for what belonging was always intended to be. Y'all, that is us. We're the church and we're supposed to be the ideal reflection of God's heart for community and connection. But friends, 95% of our city, 95% has no idea what that looks like because 95% aren't here. So we need to be ready to explain and to reveal what this really means to live life together as God intended. So if you would indulge me again for just a few moments. So let me explain God's heart for church. Let me explain God's heart for membership and why we do what we do. Starting first with some definitions. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. If you're anything like me, we're members of all sorts of things. I was thinking about my own life. I've got Ralph's. I've got I've got Netflix, I've got T-Mobile, I got AAA, I got the LA County Zoo, I got Compassion International, I got American Express, I've got so many different memberships that I am a part of. So membership isn't a foreign word in our world. But when we talk about actual church membership, what do we mean? Is it organizational? Is it, is it uh, transactional? 
Or is it something more? Let's take a look. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2, where the Apostle Paul, speaking to the church of Ephesus, he says this to God's people, this incredible reminder of who they are and what membership means, starting in verse 19. It says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. What does this next line say? You are members of God's Guys, what is going on today? Come on. You are members of God's family. Here we go. Together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. So what did we learn? We learn that Paul is saying to the Ephesians that membership isn't so much an organizational description or a transactional perk, but instead it's a foundational and relational shift in your identity. Church membership isn't a club you join, it's a family that you belong to. And once you belong to this family, Scripture says it changes you. It changes you. This membership means that you are no longer who you once were. That you're no longer a stranger or a foreigner. You're no longer on the outside looking in. No, you're a citizen on the inside with all of God's holy people. And, and together, verse 20, it says, we are his house, carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Together, we are his house. We are his house. And, and on the surface, I know that that phrase is already beautifully poetic. We are his, we're God's house, beautiful. But the statement actually has a number of layers of significance that take the meaning even further. And that's because the context for this passage, where it fits within the societal structure of the first century, it brings us to this word oikos. Fun, right? Oikos? Oikos, you might recognize it from the yogurt, Greek yogurt at the grocery store. But this word oikos in the first century was actually helped, uh, used to help define what we call family. Where we in the 21st century, we have family, one word, and it means a lot of different things. In the first century, they had two words. They had a word genos, which meant kin or biology or genealogy. And then we have the word oikos. Both mean family, but this, is, this means uh, family not just because of your biology or what you're born into, but it also means the family you choose or your household. And this is the word Paul used in Ephesians 2, when, uh, verse 20, when he says, together we are his house. Saying anyone that has placed their trust in Jesus, who has been uh, raised to new life with Christ, he's saying together we are his oikos. We are his household. We are the people he chose to be family. Beyond the biological line of Abraham, we are the people that God decided to give meaning. We are the people that he decided to adopt as sons and daughters. We are the people together that he chose to give purpose and significance and identity to as children of God. We are his household. We belong as members of his oikos. Why? Let me explain. 
Why do we belong? Simply because God said so. It was his decision. God said you belong. You've done nothing to deserve it, but God says you belong. And this is the foundational concept and the perspective that we have for church membership as church people. And this is what church membership was always intended to be. It was meant to be family, a church family. But not just the family we were born into, the family we choose, just like God chose you. And this is God's heart for his church, his oikos, his family and body, many members coming together, many members coming together that choose to belong to one another. And not for what they can get out of it, but instead for what they can give into it. This is the oikos of God. And we see it played out brilliantly all throughout the scriptures, but specifically in a passage that we have been going back to in this series from Acts chapter 2. I want to read this to you quickly, starting in verse 42. This is a beautiful description of the family of God. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had, sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to the fellowship, their fellowship, those who were being saved. All the believers, all the believers were devoted to fellowship a fellowship that was formed from all sorts of different social, economic, regional, religious, and even relational backgrounds, a, a fellowship that they chose, that they chose to devote themselves to, a household that they chose to call home, an inclusively exclusive fellowship. And what I mean by that is that anyone could be a part of this family now. For all the generations that led up into this moment, it was the people of Israel. But now anyone, it's inclusive, anyone could be a part of this family. But once you were a part of the family, you were exclusively and irrevocably changed. And that's what they were. They were an inclusively exclusive fellowship of different people that chose to be family together. Family together with their good father in heaven. And friends, this is what church membership we were made for. It's not situational. It's not organizational. It's not transactional. It's invitational. So you might begin to see yourself for who you really are. A child of God. A member of his household, the body of Christ, where we all matter. We all matter because we all have, Romans chapter 12, we all have special functions within the family. We're all able to contribute to the whole because the body of Christ, uh, we are all the body of Christ together, and the body of Christ together is far greater than the sum total of its parts. And this is what biblical membership is and why we value and encourage local church membership here because we believe that membership multiplies the mission of God. Membership multiplies the mission of God. Membership shifts 
our perspective from attending alone to advancing together. From renting for now to owning forever. Friends, church membership matters because it's an intentional choice that you make to belong. And you were made to belong. You were made to belong. It's in you. The need to belong to something bigger than you. Belongingness, it's in us. You were not designed by God to have one foot out the door or to keep your options open. You were made for loyalty and fidelity to a family. You were saved for commitment to a people and a place and remade in Jesus' name for membership in his house as his household. So membership, it's not just something you do. It's, it's really who you are. Ephesians chapter two, you are citizens. Along with all God's holy people, you are members, membership, members of God's family. And this is why, this is what, and this is why we do what we do. Now, I, I know you might be thinking, all right, sounds good, pastor, I like that. I, I, I like the idea of feeling connected, but, but I can still see this church as oikos, as, as extended family. I can still commit to this church without becoming a member of the church, right? I don't need to take a class or fill out an application to care about this church or call it home. And, and you know, you're right. You are. You're right. You know, the church in Acts chapter 2, they didn't have membership classes. The, the church in Acts 2, they didn't have church business meetings to vote in new members. That type of organizational structure wouldn't have made sense to them at all living in the first century Middle East. So you're right. But I tell you what, if that church who was devoted to fellowship, if that church who was willing to sell their possessions to meet each other's needs, if that church that ate together and prayed together daily and, and, and gathered to remember and announce the Lord's Supper as often as they met, if that church hopped in a time machine and transported themselves into 21st century America, friends, I cannot imagine that they would have any problem sitting through a membership class. I can't imagine they would have any issue filling out a membership application. Why? Let me explain. Because they were already devoted. They were already devoted, first to Jesus, and second, they were committed to one another. And so they would go through whatever process it took to make it official, to lock it in. It wouldn't phase them a bit because they weren't looking for the next cool thing. These folks weren't church shopping. I'm not getting aggressive about this either. I'm just saying, these folks aren't church shopping. They're trying, not trying to keep their schedules uh, open so for what might better come their way. They're not looking for a better opportunity with, with things that fit them better. No, this church chose to be together because they saw themselves as family. In Romans 12, they saw that they were many parts of one body and they all belonged to each other. And this is the heart of a belonging. This is the foundation for why we do what we do with church membership, because we want, you to, we want you to belong. We want you to feel like you belong because you chose together to belong. Why? Why do I want this for you? Because God says it's good for you. God says that church membership is good for you. It's essential for any Christian to commit and to belong to a community is essential for any Christian. Why? Two quick things. It's because it helps you understand who is for you. Why is being a member good? It helps you understand first who's for you. 
Membership shows you who is for you. What do I mean by this? When you are a member, when you choose to belong, you aren't just running solo anymore. No, you're joining a team, a family of other members who also choose to belong. You're jumping into a support system of like-minded followers of Jesus who have also humbled themselves to be a part of something better together. And while, yes, once you give your life to Jesus, you are now a part of God's oikos, his extended family, big C church across all space and time with a great cloud of witnesses. Amen. Yes, that's true, but it's still essential to our humanity, to our belongingness to find fellowship in a local assembly. Because it's in our belonging with one another that we ultimately find our becoming together. Friends, you will never become you will never become what you are meant to be until you choose to belong to something bigger than yourself. So membership is good for you because it shows you who is for you. That's first. But it also, second, it reveals who you report to. What do I mean by this? Well, I'm aware that we don't like being told what to do. I'm aware that in our modern culture of independence, we don't like having to report to anyone other than us. I get that. So let me explain. Well, while independence might be one of the great American values, we don't actually see that represented in the kingdom of God at all. Instead, we see humility, submission, obedience, interdependence, and authority. These are the essentials of the Christian life, which means that we must all choose to place ourselves under the care of a community and under the, the authority of spiritual leadership. And believe it or not, this is good for you. This is good for you. It's good for you to have a fresh set of eyes looking into your life to help you stay true to what you say you believe. It's good for you to have voices that speak into your story that only want you to live your greatest life of faith and obedience. It's good to have someone to report to. I think back to my time at the gym and, and how I never felt like I belonged there. So much of my feeling on the outside was because I never found someone on the inside. I never had someone show me around. I never had someone help me along the way to teach me and to lead me and coach me. I needed someone to report to. Because on my own, I would almost always choose the path of least resistance. I don't know about you. But on my own, I would almost always make excuses. I need someone above me to teach me. And this is exactly what we see in the book of Hebrews chapter 13. It'll be on the screen. As it speaks to members of God's house, it says in verse 17, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. We all need someone to report to. I know I do. We all need someone to watch over our souls and, and that's again why membership is so important because it shows you who you report to, but it also shows your spiritual leaders who they are accountable to care for. Selfishly, I care about membership because I wanna know who I'm accountable to God for. That sounds weird, I know, but, but I, want, I, I care about all of you and I pray for all of you, but I only have so much to give. And I want to make sure that I'm giving all I got to folks willing to give all they got. As we share this oikos together, I want to make sure I'm making the most of my 
life by watching over those who actually want to be watched over. Does that make sense? That's, where, that's why membership matters and what this is, why this matters because it's family and it's good for you no matter what. You were made to belong somewhere. You were made to belong somewhere. But just because you were made to belong somewhere doesn't mean you were made to belong just anywhere or even that you're made to belong here in this house. I mean, I hope it is. I want everyone here to feel at home. I want everyone here when they walk through these doors to feel kinship with one another and connection and to feel like we care about the same things. I want everyone to be a member of this church family, but I'm well aware that just because we might be a church for anyone, it doesn't mean we're a church for everyone. So this is why we do what we do the way we do with membership. This is why we have membership classes, membership applications, and membership votes. Why? Let me explain. We have membership classes because, well, everyone is made to belong somewhere. We never want people to feel like there's a bait and switch. We want you to know who we are and what we care about and where we're going and, and, and how we're going to get there before anyone chooses to commit. Because even though we're all part of the same global body of Christ, not every local assembly contributes to the body in the same way. That's what we see in Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, that some churches within the capital C church, the big church, are hands and some are feet, some are ears, some are eyes, some are mouth. We all have different passions and, and priorities within the gospel and preferences within his practices. And this is a gift. Really, it's a gift. It means that there is likely a church that shares your heart. So before anyone joins this immediate family, we want to make sure that everyone knows what this family is like. And this is why we have membership classes to catch them up on our history and our values and our culture and our theology. This is a big deal. Our mission and our vision and, 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 and how we plan on showing the world what God is like. We don't have membership classes to lock you in. We're not high pressure sales here, but rather we want to free you up to decide with confidence if this is the place you actually belong. Does that make sense? It's a place to ask questions and to get answers. That's why membership classes matter, and practically we do it over lunch. Food is always great. It's not long unless you want it to be. It's informative and comprehensive and helpful to know what you're signing up for should you choose to sign up, which leads us up to the application. We're almost done. See, we asked folks to fill out membership applications because we want to know them just like we want them to know us. We also want them to acknowledge that they understand what it means to be family here, that they understand our, our values and they feel confident with our mission and our philosophy for ministry. And so when they fill it out, it's not just you know, joining an organization to vote for, it's, it's committing to a family where you belong and you feel comfortable belonging. Now after the cap application, those still wanting to join the church, they sit down with a team of our, our deacons, our leadership for a brief interview before being brought before the church family for a vote. A vote which is really more of a public welcome to the family moment where, where existing members choose to commit to them as they choose to commit to the family. And this is our process for why we do what we do the way we do. 
And, and I, I know that it's a lot, but just bringing it all back around. And I, I just need you to understand this, that God, God has this incredible extended family. And he has, and it's been growing for the, for the past 2,000 years. And it's made up of millions of smaller, immediate families that all come together brick by brick to be his house, his oikos. And that's you if you're a Christian. You are his household of faith. You are a member of his family and you were made to belong. You were made to belong, to choose to commit to a house and find a place to call home. This is, this is why we're still here. And friends, I want more than anything for this place to feel like home for you, and I pray that it will. I know that it does for many, but for that to happen, it takes you and it takes me and it takes all of us recognizing that this church is so much more than just a place we go or a club we join or an organization we attend. Friends, it is brothers and sisters in the family of God. Brothers and sisters in God's house committed to you as you commit to them. The church is a symbiotic relationship. Symbiotic relationship of mutual submission rooted in humility and love with dreams and passions to see the other grow into a better reflection of Christ. This is the church and what it means to be a member. So as we, as we close today, and again, this is like super low pressure sales, okay? But as we close, if you aren't a member here, I just love, I'd love to hear why. And maybe it's, you know, you're just kind of coming in, you're just checking it out. I totally get that. No, no doubt. No, no pressure here. But I'd love to know because you can attend as long as you want, but we love you here in any way we can get you. But if it's been a while, what, what's holding you back? What's holding you back? The second thing is to all members that are actually here. I know that for most of you, this is just kind of white noise. Like you're like, of course, you know, church is a family. That's why we're here. We love each other. We're here for each other. And we want to build each other up, obviously. But as members that have already been here, does, there's been a lot of change over the past few years. And I, I know that I've talked to some of you and you said, well, it just doesn't always feel like home like it did. And I want you to know that I'm still getting used to it too. And I love you. And I'm here for you. And I'm, I'm believing so much more for the future of what God has to do here. But if it doesn't feel like home, I want to, let's get together and talk. Because I want to figure out some steps to help this house start to feel like family again. Everyone is essential. Everyone is essential to the future God is building here. But it takes all of us choosing to commit our lives to something greater. So, let's be a church that chooses to belong. Amen? Amen? Let's be a church that chooses to see one another, not as attenders, but as extended family, as oikos in the family of God. And let's be a church that approaches God's house with humility an earnestness that we would be a people that gather in Jesus' name to grow into greater reflections of him. That is our agenda. 
Our agenda is not to grow into a mega church. Our agenda is not to flex our, our weight or our authority. Our, our agenda is not to, to make people feel a certain way. Our agenda is to grow into a greater reflection of Jesus together. And I need you for that. We all do. We all do. So I'd like to just close in prayer and I'll just to pray over you that God would open your eyes to your identity here, that God would open your eyes that you might see maybe for the first time that this truly is home. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we, we acknowledge you this morning. We believe that there is no one above you, that you are greater than all others, that you made everything we see and everything we can. God, we believe you're real, that you're good, that you love us and you lead to peace. So in this moment, God, I ask that you would just lay heavy on our hearts that we might understand who we really are here. God, that you want us to belong and you've wired that into our brains, God, that you want us to belong to someone and to something. God, that we need, we all need a family. We all need a place to call home. So God, in this moment, I ask that you would just strip away anything that's holding us back from that. God, that you'd pull from our hearts. God, replace our hearts with yours for this house and this community. Because we're here on purpose, God. We, we came here all from our own free will today. And so, God, we ask that you would just make, mo make much of this time. And that you'd speak into us and remind us again and again and again what this house really is. And who we really are in it. God, I ask that you would just soften our hearts. That you'd open our eyes that you'd humble us today, God, that we'd be able to walk, walk from here today with a greater sense of understanding of who you are so we might be able to show and explain to those outside these walls what you are really like. So Jesus, we love you and we thank you. We're so grateful for all the work that you're doing here and all the new family that you're drawing to yourself. We ask that you just be with us as we go. And it's in your name that we pray, the name of Jesus, and we all said, Amen. Amen.